0: Welcome to Tell the People with your host, Heather Robinson. Each week, I'll be exploring interesting topics with people who are change makers in the world. If you have a desire to learn like I do, then tune in, be enlightened, raise your awareness, and just have fun. Come on, listen as my guests tell the people all about what sets their soul on fire as they lead and inspire others. Hi and welcome to Tell the People. My guest is Deb Bowen. Deb is an incredible teacher who offers courses that connect you to your spiritual journey and to the greater universe and both, both beyond and within you. You may know her from the Psychic Teachers podcast where she and Samantha Faye have imparted wisdom on topics of spirituality and woo for over a decade. Deb offers spiritual courses, retreats and workshops, that are online, live, via Zoom, and face-to-face. Welcome, Deb. I am so thrilled to have a conversation with you today about Awakening to Spirit.
1: Oh, Heather, thank you so very much. It is just such a pleasure always to talk with you. I have, I have just so enjoyed watching your journey and your awakening, and I'm just so proud of you. So I'm happy to be here today. So where would you like us to start?
0: Oh, well, thank you. First, um, I feel like the I feel like the students sitting at the te- feet of the teacher. I know we're not supposed to uh, to to hold other humans in in um, high you know otherworldly esteem, but I am so thankful for all the years of um, of information and guidance and and teaching and your the topics that you have um shared information on just opened up to new topics and new topics and I find that um, when people come to me my Reiki students or spiritual spirituality students come to me and look for information I say I can't say it any better than Deb did on this podcast go listen to that and then we'll talk <laughs> so um and you can find Deb at debbowen.com I know at this point if you're listening you're like who is this I want to know um I I wanted to talk with you um, about awakening to spirit, and I know that you have um, done some workshops on that, and you have some upcoming, and just the nature of where we are as as a society now on um, if people are feeling called to spirit, and can you talk to us a little bit about what that looks like?
1: Sure, I'm delighted to do that. A lot of what I'm going to share with uh, your listeners today has to do with a course that I am so honored to be teaching for the Edgar Casey A.R.E. Institute uh, in December. It'll be on Wednesday, December first. It's a live webinar, uh, so you can be there and, and ask questions and participate. And then it'll also be available on demand after that. But but I'm I have done a test. Uh, workshop with with that topic of spiritual awakening in preparation for this event with the with the Casey Institute and I learned a lot in in doing research and meditation and asking for guidance about that term spiritual awakening you know on our psychic teachers podcast Samantha and I have talked about this in lots of different ways over a long period of time we've been on air for 11 years, but we often get questions from folks that say, I think I'm having a spiritual awakening and I don't know what to do, or I've been waking up spiritually and I thought this was going to be wonderful. And as opposed to that, things have gone haywire in my life. So, so what is it, what does it mean? And I want to talk about the notion of awakening spiritually in terms of connecting with the divine and particularly for the women in your audience, Heather, I want to really talk about how you can connect with the divine feminine energy to be of help to you, and also a couple of tarot cards that might be nice to connect with and meditate on. So so it may sound like I'm jumping around a little bit here, but uh, but in my mind, all of this connects, and I hope I can make it connect for, for your listeners. Oh,
0: yeah, so, as a teacher, you, you, I, know, I can see the, uh, the mental syllabus in your mind as you're, you're walking down that page uh, telling <laughs> the students, like, this is what we're going to go over. Just I'm giving you the rubric. Get ready. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's exactly right. You know, when I first became a teacher, I went to uh, a man who had been my mentor and, and my teacher, and I said, I'm scared to death. I'm getting ready to be a teacher, and I don't even know what that means. And he said, there's only really three parts to teaching you. Tell them you're going to tell them, tell them, and tell them you told them. And that was the best advice I've ever gotten in my life. So, yes, I've just told you what I'm going to tell you. So here we go. Um, You know, Heather, our world is so instantaneous these days. I I got up this morning uh, and made my coffee and did my meditations and did all that morning stuff I do. And then I came to sit down in front of the computer and check emails and do that, that part of my morning. And my internet was out. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, there was this clinching in my gut of, oh, good golly. First of all, I knew we had this uh, recording coming up and I'm thinking, how in the world am I gonna make all of this happen? Well, because I am one of those hypervigilant kind of people, I have two different ways to connect to the internet in my house. <laughs> so I switched to the other one and that worked. And then the other one came back on and life moved on. But I, I realized that that even though I try very hard not to be one of those instant result people, I am. I, I am. And I think we all are. The world demands it of us today. What do you mean you, you waited two seconds to get back to me on that text? I mean, that's that's really kind of how we do things these days. We're so... In the moment and in a nanosecond of a moment and in my experience that's not how connecting to spirit works it for me and i can only speak for my own experience but for me this has been a lifelong journey and i mean that almost literally i remember learning to read by watching standing on a pew in a church next to my aunt and watching her finger move through the words of the hymn book as we sang them.
0: Mm.
1: And those are my first memories of learning to read and my first notion of being connected to something bigger than me that I couldn't see. And, And from there, that journey has changed and morphed and grown and and turned and twisted in in many different ways. And I don't believe it will ever stop. I don't think I will ever be awakened. I think I will always be awakening. I will always be learning. And, And having reached a point in that process where not only do I accept that, but embrace it and love it and I'm excited about it. Then I'm able to sit back, take a deep breath and truly trust the process of awakening. And knowing that the awakening process in and of itself is an awakening. Yes. And that's so important that the process itself is a part of the awakening. So, if you've listened to my podcast, you've heard me say this in several different ways. I'm not always real warm and fuzzy about what I'm getting ready to say, but if we don't shut up and listen, then we can't hear what Spirit has to say. And and if you are anything like me, there's always dialogue going on in my head. I am talking to myself. I am checking that to do list that you were just talking about. I am I am there's there's always conversation until I consciously say. I'm going to sit down, shut up and breathe and give spirit a chance to talk. And when I do, spirit speaks. But I have to, there has to be a conscious part of my routine of that connection to spirit. Because I, how else will I know? How else will it, spirit can't talk if I can't listen? Um, so, so Heather, let me talk for a minute about why I think right now, you're particularly getting so many comments and calls from women, as are we, Samantha and I are too. And I think that has to do with, we, and this is not to negate the fact that men are not as well, they are, but we are historically and stereotypically the nurturers. And suddenly over the past year and a half, particularly, there has been a worldwide situation in which we can't do all the nurturing that we need to do. And so there's this sense of, I'm not enough. There's something else I should be doing. There's some, there's something I need to control. We are, we're also out of control in so many ways because this, there are things going on in the world that are way bigger than we are. And I don't know where all of that's going. I wouldn't begin to venture uh, on, on this discussion what I might think about what that means, but other than to say that at this very moment in time, we all need some kind of a base to hold on to. We need something that says, yes, there is something stable in my life. And it may be uh, your relationships with friends and family. It may be your job. It may be, I don't know, a, a crystal on my desk. A lot, whatever it is, that gives you the sense that there is some kind of stability to hold on to and know that you will be safe through this journey of learning about yourself. I, I have a lot of books, of course, that that speak to me about this topic. And I want to read you a brief quote from one of my all-time favorite books ever. It is by Sue Monk Kidd. And the name of this book is The Dance of the Dissident Daughter. This book changed my life when it came out. And, and it's not new, but her newest book is called The Book of Longings. But, but The Dance of the Dissident Daughter is older. But I love I love this book. And here's a quote that I think really speaks to this idea of this journey to awakening. She says, you create a path of your own by looking within yourself and listening to your soul cultivating your own ways of experiencing the sacred and then practicing it practicing until you make it a song that sings you oh that's beautiful isn't that wonderful that is absolutely wonderful and i and i think it's absolutely true i i know i, I do believe that we as women have the capability to truly change the world, to truly um, make the world a different and a better place by making ourselves different and better. Um, Jean Shinoda Bolin, who is another one of my very favorite writers on these topics, wrote a book some years ago entitled Urgent Message from Mother, Gather the Women, Save the World. Hmm. It's a great book. It's a wonderful book. She's written lots of other books that I love as, as well. Uh, her Crossing to Avalon is another one of my favorites. But, but both of those women and some others, Clarissa Pinkoli's Estes, and Starhawk, oh. Lewis Carat, all all came together at a time in my life where my journey was dramatically shifting. Where I was really looking at the patriarchy in a different way, looking at how I as a woman could wake up and be able to honor myself and to honor what I was learning about that divinity within me. And that, that took a, a long time, it was not an easy process. I remember the first time I was standing in circle with a group of women and we were doing a ritual of blessings to each other.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the woman on my right turned to me with a small bowl of salt water and she uh, drew a spiral on my forehead. And she said, I, Susan, bless thee, Deb, for thou art goddess. And that was truly one of the most powerful things anybody has ever said to me and and to take that word goddess and put it in the context of a symbolic word regardless of what your beliefs may be but but to look at the idea that that we carry within us that connection to the to the divine to the divine feminine and to the divinity within ourselves and for me that's a lot of what awakening had to do with that might not be somebody else's path at all but but that was for me a big part of of the awakening process for me. So, so that's what we call the clarion call. It's what Joseph Campbell uses that term in his metaphor of the hero's journey. And it's a, it's a call that you can't deny. It is truly a wake up call to that exploration of, of that journey to your higher self. And once we answer the call, once we say, yes, I'm willing to undertake this journey, then what, then what? I know for me, the then what was that I became like a kid in a candy store. Mm-hmm. I wanted to learn everything and I wanted to learn it all right now. And I wanted to learn to row and how to work with crystals. And I wanted to learn bath life regression. And I wanted to learn I, 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 pendulums and on and on and on and on and on. Well, that's the way I just described that frenetic feeling was very real. And fortunately, I had a great session with a great psychic who is no longer with us, who said to me, slow down, kiddo, pick one thing (laughs) and the others will fall into place. (laughs) And she was right. She was absolutely right. Uh, And the thing that came and she told me it would was Tarot. And that's been, almost I cannot believe I'm getting ready to say this. It's been almost 50 years. Wow. I know that Tarot and I have been. On this journey together and what a great gift that has been what an and amazing that
0: one that one area of of information or knowledge or opened you up spirit led you to awakening other topics and other people and other like it's the one thing and I, because i really understand that feeling like you're drinking from the fire hose and when <laughs> spirit finally realizes hey she's listening it's all the information comes and, and it feels like I have to do it all right now. I have to learn all the things. I have to read all the books. I have to, I have to absorb it. And so how do we slow that flow and, and pick? How, how, do you, how, how can we do that?
1: You, you pick one thing and it doesn't matter what it is because it's all connected. It's all connected. It's all coming to you basically from the Akashic Records. So, so it's really all connected. It's just you're trying out different modalities. But pick one and stay with it for a while. And, and then make the decision as to whether or not that's something you want to keep. Let me give you a quick example of this. Um, some years ago, somebody gave me a set of runes. The little mm-hmm. symbols on little, mine happened to be on pieces of of quartz and a book. And I thought, well, okay, I'll I'll try this. Okay. So I started trying to learn and memorize those symbols on those rocks. Heather, my brain was like a colander. None of it was stick. the, The information just flowed right through me. It was not my modality in any way. And I tried for some time, several months to really work with the runes. And I couldn't remember any of it. So I gave the runes to somebody else who thought they might in- learn them. I passed them on. They brought them back to me. <laughs> this happened, this happened two or three times. It was the craziest thing. And I thought, and every time they came back to me, I thought, okay, maybe, maybe now I'm ready. Maybe now's the time. a. So I go to England and I'm in this lovely b in Glastonbury and we're sitting around the table at breakfast. And my host and I are having a conversation about various divination tools. And he says, you know, I think I'd like to learn runes. I said, don't (laughs) buy any. I will send you a set of runes and a book on the condition that you don't give them back to me. If they don't (laughs) resonate for you, you pass them on to somebody else. So I came back home. I dutifully mailed a package with the runes and the book to my friend Brian in Glastonbury. And a week or so later, he called me up and he said, you are not going to believe this story. And I said, I believe anything you tell me. He said, we, I was sitting around the breakfast table with another group of guests this past week and the conversation of divination tools came up. And I mentioned that my friend Deb from America had sent me a set of runes and that I was beginning to learn them and to work with them. And there was a woman at the table from Ireland whose name was Eileen. And she said, not Deb Bowen. (laughs) And Brian said, "Yeah, how do you know her?" And she said, "I listened to her psychic teacher's podcast." (laughs) Oh my goodness! Is that just not the craziest story?
0: It's so and and I know that you have, as I do too. You know, people listen; they go, "That's amazing!" Like that's our life now. When you open to spirit, that's it. Like it's all those connections of. I can't wait to. This isn't working for me, but I can't wait to see where it goes.
1: <laughs> yeah. And and to and to know that when it the the opportunity presents itself, then it's indeed time to pass it on. And, and if it's not for me, and so that worked out really well, you know. That's wonderful. Uh, so, and you're right. You know, choosing one modality then opens the door to so many others. And and one of the reasons that I. Tarot so rene- so resonated for me was because I have always had, since having read Edith Hamilton's book entitled Mythology in the Fourth Grade,
0: a mm-hmm. love
1: of, of mythology.
0: Maybe. So
1: <laughs> Tarot was easy for me. It was so easy because I already understood some of those symbols from, from having read mythology, but it also opened my eyes to looking at other world religions as well, Uh, like, for example, um, studying Hinduism or Buddhism or Judaism or studying the religions of of, uh, Egypt or Celtic mythology and Celtic beliefs. That's one of the wonderful things about Tarot for me is that it offers an opportunity for us to look at varying belief systems and how they can work together to support us. I, I love that about Tarot.
0: I do too, and I um, I learned so much from you. I think winter of 20, not think, I know, winter of 2013, I took an online telecourse before Zoom, before the days of Zoom, um, with you and several other women from across the country, and it was th- the foundation and the history and the art of Tarot, which you explained so well, and just opening to that, like I, I don't teach tarot because I don't feel like I know enough to teach it. But I learned so much from you, and you're right. Opening to that one gift or that one book of knowledge led to so many other things. And one was the understanding of oh, all these world religions are represented in in these cards, and um, it, it was just it, it was amazing. And. It has been it was very foundational, and so, yes, I agree.
1: I'm me, too. I I love them. I love my cards, Uh, which reminds me just as a brief aside here. I will be teaching. I teach two levels of tarot. I'll be offering my intro course in January, my advanced course in February. And if folks go to my website, they can sign up for my newsletter. And that's the best way to keep up for uh what I'm offering I only send that newsletter out once a month I promise I don't blow up your email uh but (laughs) anyway if you're interested in 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 diving into tarot more deeply with me uh it'll be up on my website and my newsletter shortly so there's a course
0: you want to if you're listening treat yourself to this course it it was incredible Deb I don't know if you remember um there was a, a woman in our class and she was, I want to say, from the Great Lakes area, maybe Michigan, Minnesota, and blind. only two or three, and she was blind. Yes. And, yes, and someone had given her a Braille Tarot deck, and I remember she was such, she could see, I mean, it was incredible to me how how do you, there's so much visual, content on these cards and it was incredible do you, we would like to i mean spirit was moving with her and i think now she's a reader uh, like she's yes she yeah
1: she is i i was just i was so nervous about working with her because i wanted to be sure that i was doing what she needed me to do as a teacher and, and you know in a traditional classroom when i used to teach in a classroom in, in academia I had students with visual impairments or hearing impairments, and but they were right there in front of me. And, and that way I could make sure I was doing what they needed. But you're right. This was back in the days way before the world of Zoom. And it was on a telephone. And so she and I had lots of conversations then ensuring that, that I was getting my point across. But she's an, she's amazing, absolutely an amazing woman. So no, you don't necessarily even have to see the cards to be able to to work with them it's fascinating to me yeah I do remember her
0: yeah and she that was life-changing for me and and um she I remember her story was led by spirit to a a gentleman had given her cards and gifted it and and said I believe that that you will be really good at this and she's I remember her saying I'm blind like what part of this don't you get I can't see the cards And he found, I think it was a friend found, braille cards for her, and she blossomed. And Mm -hmm. being opening or awakening to spirit, that changed her life. That and and often awakening to spirit moves within us for the greater good. It's learning what your soul needs to learn and the gifts that you have. That then. You share with others, but you don't even see what, you don't see the ripple effects you're creating um, in just learning to listen to the still small voice inside you.
1: Absolutely true. Absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, that's so funny because I'm sitting here, I do have a, um, an outline in front of me as we're talking, Heather, and the next thing on the list says, seeing through a new lens and coming to your senses, all of them.
0: Mm-hmm
1: and so we've been talking about the sense of vision of course but we have so many others that we forget that are available to us uh, and i now we talk about the different clairs clairvoyant clairvoyant clairsentient clairaudient clairgustient uh, all of those can can really work together to help you hone your skills and focus in on what what is the Point in your path you're in right this minute if you think about literally walking down a path say you're in a I don't know a park and and you're walking down this path and you're in the midst of a particular kind of trees or particular kinds of flowers or shrubs and you round a curve and suddenly there's a pond in front of you well now you've got something new to learn along the path it doesn't negate what you've what you've already had because that with the trees and the shrubs and the flowers, because they're there already in your consciousness and the lessons that you're learning from them are there to then support you to the next phase of the walk along the way, which is to the pond. And, and that's really what this is about is giving yourself permission to just stroll yes. along the way.
0: not and not, living, not the ch- Not the task list of... I have to learn this by next Friday because then I'm going to book the event and create that. Like it's, it's allowing the process and the flow. And I think for, for myself um, and for so many awakening to spirit sounds like wonder and happiness and, oh, it just, it feels so good. And once I get there, but when you're going through it, you realize OK, it's like you said, it's the next thing you get to a place and a plateau of, oh, this was wonderful. I've learned it now. And then the next thing comes and that can be hard. So what sounds like wonder feels like hard, like, again, hearkening back to what you taught me with the dark night of the soul card, uh, like uh, I, it, it, it is a it's a shedding of an old layer of yourself so that you can get to the next level. And who is it? Ram Das that says, um, you can't make a shed, a snake shed. You can't make a snake shed its skin. It does it in its own time. Um, yeah. and it goes back to what, again, the, we are all seeking and conditioned to such instant gratification. We're already anticipating getting to that pond on the path instead of enjoying the present where we are in the trees.
1: True. And and, you know, Ram Dass also said, be here now. It's the name of his very first book. Be here now back in the 60s. Mm -hmm. Um, Actually, after he turned 60 and had a stroke, he wrote a sequel to that book entitled Still Here, which is is also a great book too. But, and I, I certainly appreciate the wisdom we have from him and I'm sorry he's not on this plane with us anymore. But in any case, be here now. Is that concept of what is for so many of us me included being present in the moment that I'm not living into my to-do list two hours from now or five days from now but right here right now and and what what a gift that being in the moment is when we really consciously practice being in the moment for for example As I am talking with you, I am also looking at this beautiful tree in my yard. It's called a Carolina Linden tree, uh, Linden Bass tree. It's just gorgeous. And it's just beginning to, to turn yellow and the sunlight is hitting those leaves and it's sparkling greens and yellows and browns. And as a leaf falls, I try to remember to say thank you to that leaf because that tree also has shaded my house all summer. Mm, beautiful. But that's something that I have to go, okay, Deb, you got to pay attention because otherwise I'll just go, oh yeah, the leaves are falling. <laughs> you know. So, so it's yeah. about that being in the moment because that's really all we have. And golly, surely we can learn that lesson this year.
0: And I think we've been really pressed as a society um, last year with... Um, the great pause, I'll call it, I don't like to give any more fears to other words that describe it, but the great pause, and we, we still are in that in some respect, and it was so hard, I've never been more thankful to be an empty nester, and not have to homeschool any children during that, that just, thank you that, that my children are, are older, and doing their thing, um, but I find that when we get into that not being able to live into the present, and we were running so hard, and all these things have to get done. Not only the things that we have to do to, that we feel like you know, and there are things in our 3D world we have to do, but things that we want to do. And and back to the divine feminine, as caregivers, we can we often men and women because men have divine feminine and women have divine masculine, but the caregiver portion of us can really get strung out on the doing and the caring and the keeping the plate spinning. And that when we get outside of our body and we're not present and we're not grounded and we not, we're not breathing, continued living in that can cause our bodies to get sick. And that is when we have to pause of not running back into the frenzy that I was before that. Um, But when we don't pause, and Spirit is trying to awaken us, sometimes they stop us in ways that makes us pause.
1: <laughs> that is absolutely true, and and if you can can entertain this notion of um, that awakening in, in this context is in terms of taking a pilgrimage to oneself, and and that's an important part of the pilgrimage is stopping along way and looking for recognizing honoring and spending time with serendipity and that's that's not always easy for us to do because we're rushing from point a to point b and and one of the things that that i love about the notion of a pilgrimage is that yes there's an end point to the journey there's a goal but it's along the way it's what we meet and do and learn along the way that's the, that are the real true lessons. And it might interest you. Here's a funny little bit of trivia and history that you might appreciate. When most of us, when we think of the word pilgrimage, today we think of the um, uh, Santiago Camino, you know, walking across France and Spain, or we think about uh, the pilgrimage of of the Middle Ages, you know, the Canterbury Tales or the Knights Templar. But one of the things that, that I think is just so fascinating is that the symbol for Christian pilgrimages, particularly the the Santiago Camino uh, pilgrimage as well, is the scallop shell. And that comes from partly a legend about uh, St. James and the scallop shells and a, a wreck that he had, I think off the coast of Spain or Portugal. But the scallop shell as a symbol of pilgrimage is far older than that. And it comes from the symbol that women used on pilgrimages to Rome to the the temple of Venus to ask her to help them with fertility issues.
0: Is that why the Venus on the half shell? That's why it's a scallop shell
1: that's exactly right that's right Botticelli's Venus that is exactly yes Yes. Uh, so it goes back thousands of years before Christianity that notion of a pilgrimage that notion of a symbol of what we're undertaking with a, a goal and a request and a supplication to to be connected to spirit and I and I love that knowing that because it reminds me, uh, I mean, there's a there's scallop shells all over my house. I I mean, I have scallop shells everywhere. And, and part of that is to remind me that every day, every moment is a pilgrimage that I'm on a journey. And, (laughs) you know, they're right there next to the crystals. that's all I know to say about that, but (laughs) there they
0: are. Yeah. we're reminded of that. And in all the, you know, literature and pop culture it's um uh wizard of oz it's harry potter it's um odysseus homer you know the odyssey homer's odyssey um which it, i love when people say have you seen that movie brother where art thou and i'm like you realize that's the odyssey right and it, their eyes line up and it's all the it's the journey it's the pilgrim's progress it's the pilgrim's journey and as you know. is the fool's,
1: the fool's journey in Tarot, through the major arcana is a pilgrimage as well.
0: Will you um, describe for people who have seen that card and and but may not understand the the purpose of that? Can you describe a little bit about the the Fool's journey um, as sure. the Tarot?
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Tarot is, and this is very abbreviated information here, but Tarot is broken into for, what makes Tarot Tarot what makes Tarot unique and different from just that oracle card world is that Tarot has five sections. One of those sections is the minor arcana, arcana coming from the word arcane, meaning hidden. And those are the four suits of Tarot, uh, cups, wands, swords, and pentacles. And those became eventually our modern playing cards for the most part with some Uh, combinations of some other cards but the major arcana the fifth section of tarot is 22 keys we don't call them cards we call them keys 22 keys that tell the story of the fool's journey to enlightenment so the fool's number is zero he has no number he she we can't really tell gender uh, the fool has no number. So the magician, the next card is number one. And, and so then there, there's the fool plus 21 more keys divided into three groups of seven. And the first seven cards through which the fool makes uh, the journey to enlightenment is through physical knowledge. And then the second seven is through emotional knowledge. And the third is through spiritual knowledge. And, and just like we do in our journey, we, in our lives, and I'm, I'm not talking metaphorically here, I'm literally, we learn something and we go forward a bit and then something happens and we get knocked back two steps and we go forward three steps and back two, two steps. And that's exactly what happens to the fool along the path that the fool takes towards enlightenment, learning about who we are in physicality, learning about who we are in, in terms of our emotional beings and who we are in terms of our spiritual beings. And when you look at the Fool card on the traditional Waite-Coleman-Smith deck, historically known as the Waite-Rider deck, but we're now trying very hard to honor and incorporate the work that Pamela Coleman-Smith did on the cards. So if you look at the Waite-Coleman-Smith deck, uh, you will see that the Fool is the, is the very first card in the Major Arcana, is this figure um very gaily almost very happily getting ready to step off of this precipice into the unknown with a dog at his or her feet uh, wearing this bright yellow and red um, kind of middle mid, uh medieval costuming with a stick on on his shoulder uh, and a pouch on that like like the little kid in the old movies running away from home and a red feather in the cap on his or her head. One of the things that I love about Torah is that there are no accidents. There's nothing random on any key. So everything I've just described to you has a meaning. Everything I've just described to you has a purpose for being there that enhances and informs the information that you as the reader may use to give answers to the querent, to the person for whom you're reading. And you see some repetition uh, in in Tarot. You see things moving along in in the journey. For example, the precipice upon which the um, fool stands, and in the background are mountaintops covered in ice and snow. Well, that snow begins to melt. Mm -hmm. And you can, if you lay the major arcana out in, in order from the fool, to the world, which is the 21st key, you see that water flowing and that's the water of our unconscious, that's the water of life. And it's a beautiful metaphor that runs through the through the keys that again helps to inform your work as a reader. The uh, Another piece of that is you see that same feather appears later in the cap of the sun key, much later in the major arcana. And so this is about rebirth. And renewal, which is again a part of our journey. We are not the same person that we were when we started it. We become different people. We are born anew. And you see that symbolized by that feather in that cap. So it all just goes on and on and on and on. I mean, I could I could teach, I could probably talk for three or four hours just on the full card. But. Oh
0: yeah. I still have my I still have my notes and and the um, recorded. <laughs> like it just, I just I, I love it. I love it.
1: I do, too. I do, too. And and for me, that's that's a part of the joy of Tarot is is seeing those connections and how Tarot then informs how you can learn so much else in in your life. So there you go.
0: And it's been a a beautiful um, I hate to say vehicle because that sounds very modern, but a, a beautiful touchstone for you, as you explained in opening yourself to your spiritual gifts, awakening to spirit, which your spiritual gift is so clearly teaching, learning, taking the information, living it, because we don't just learn that when we awaken to spirit, we don't just read the book and then regurgitate it. We have to live a piece of that. Um you don't become a mathematician by reading all the algebra books and then teaching it. You have to work the problems. You you have to figure out the equations over and over to see how this balances. And then you can become a teacher or then you can use those mathematical skills to build something or, um, or design something or um, solve problems. And I see that with your awakening to spirit with Tara, it opened, it opened up so many avenues in your life that you couldn't have ever even imagined possible all those well, 50 years. You're exactly right. And here's a fun example of that. Um,
1: the three of pentacles is a key that represents building and learning and an artistic connections. Well, and in the picture in the, in the background is a, a, a church stained glass window kind of thing with some lovely um Ge- geometric designs in it and it is from that key that I became fascinated with the idea of sacred geometry Ooh. and had, had I yeah so that that gave me a jumping off place to all the work that I have done for so many years on learning sacred geometry and working with labyrinths and, and that sort of thing H- had I had that information in the 10th grade I might have had a very different grade in my geometry class
0: right <laughs>
1: <laughs> As I remember. I, my my geometry teacher and I just we just did not click and numbers did not click for me in any way in the 10th grade but I did go into class one day and and I said to her and she was elderly then and I mean bless her heart but anyway I said I finally figured out why somebody needs geometry and she got real excited she thought maybe I'd gotten it you know and I said you need geometry so you can lay carpet and I can hire somebody to do that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> A it woman was, after my own heart, yes. Need <laughs> I used to say
1: that did not go over well with my geometry teacher, but later when I got fascinated by, because of Tarot, then leading me to sacred geometry, that took me on uh, uh, another learning adventure. That led me to studying all sorts of things about about geometric design and um, a connection to the mathematical principles that guide the universe. I
0: love it. Not and fun. It is fun, and I I, I heard earlier this year um, I was listening to a, a business mentor, and I can't remember if it was her or someone in the class who said. Um, listen to the nudges of your soul listen to the nudges of your heart and as we become awakened to spirit and and you can say god you can say the universe whatever you know whatever i say god whatever makes you happy um we we are being asked to be the full expression of divinity in human form like that's how the the collectiveness of 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 the universe of god of divinity experiences humanity and we all are an experiment is when we explore the things as the fool that set our soul on fire that make us excited and understanding that people may be listening to this and say i i really don't want to do that tarot thing i really don't want to take reiki i really don't the desires of your heart can be hmm I really would like to plant something and you just being present instead of going I don't have a garden I don't have space for that that's crazy I've always been told I have a black thumb if you're being nudged as I'm looking out at my container garden right now on my on my patio if you're being nudged to try something to like the tarot for you or reiki for me to plant something just do that one thing that one step and be present in it and understand that the experience of that may open you up to something else. You just don't know if you have, and as adults, we so often shut ourselves down. It's gosh, I really, I really wish I'd learned to play the guitar. That's crazy. I'm not going to try it because you don't know in your trying what the ripple effect is going to create. You're learning to listen to your heart's calling. And if maybe the heart's calling is that it's, put on your heart to explore, boy, I love to travel, or boy, I love to roller skate, which I bought skates last year. I've had people like, I just want skates because I want skates. I've skated my whole life and I wanted new roller skates. I didn't realize the ripple effects it would create when people reached out to me and said, you've really inspired me to do something fun that I had not done in years and years. Thank you. So just taking that fool's step, that journey, just awakening to spirit and whatever the calling of that sounds like is going to open you up to so much. It's going to open you up. So your enjoyment of Tarot, enjoyment of the, the three of pentacles card, enjoyment of, oh, that's sacred geometry. That's, we just don't know. We just have to be present and be still and awaken and, and be open be open to to try right absolutely you know
1: heather and, and i uh, i love i love your roller uh, your roller skates sorry that's great and, and and i absolutely agree with you but one thing i might recommend that dramatically changed my life was some time ago i made a commitment that before I got out of bed in the morning, when I opened my eyes, I would just say out loud, thank you. And that the last thing I would do at night before I went to sleep is I would say, thank you. And doing that twice a day is a wonderful reminder for me uh, to, to be present to know that every day really is a gift, every night really is a gift. Do I forget it during the course of the day? Of course I do. You know, I got to go clean the bathroom. I mean, I got to just do normal stuff. And we forget to say thank you, I think, for that. But but just doing that has opened the door to thoughts that float in that I might never have had with ideas of things that would be wonderful to learn or to connect me more deeply to the divine.
0: We have this. This is the present. It is a gift. Be grateful. Now Absolutely. get on with it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Golly, Heather, thank you so much for this. Um, can I just remind folks of a couple of things as we're closing out here? Yes, please. Uh, just a couple of reminders, folks. You can uh, find out what I'm doing on my website, debbowen.com, through my newsletter, the link to subscribe to that monthly newsletter is at the bottom of my website, and it comes with a free downloadable meditation every month. I'm offering uh, this Awakening to Spirit course for the Edgar Casey A.R.E. Institute uh, on a webinar uh, on Wednesday, December 1st, and you can see the link to that is also on my website and on the Casey website as well, and then I've got my um, beginner tarot course in January and my advanced course in February, and those will be up and available on my website and my newsletter coming up real soon as well.
0: Thank you so much. Um, I appreciate uh, sitting with you as as the teacher today, and thank you for conversations on Awakening with Spirit, and I look forward to our next conversation.
1: Thank you, Heather. I do too. I so appreciate it being with you. It was great fun.
0: Thank you. If you'd like to be a guest on Tell the People, then contact me at wellhelloheather at gmail.com. I'll look forward to talking to you.